after church this morning, one of the fellows came up to me and he said, I have a funny story to tell you. And I said, okay, let's hear it. Maybe I can share it tonight in church. But you know, when I talked about uh, atheists not believing in God, well, anyway, it turns out that a group of atheists were really offended that there was no, uh, no holiday at all for, for uh, atheists. I mean, they have Christmas for Christians and Easter for Christians, and we celebrate Thanksgiving and everything else. And finally, one of the Christian men told him, he said, well, you have a holiday. Uh, the Bible says that uh, April Fool's Day is your holiday. The fool has said in his heart, there's no God. So they do have their holiday, the atheists. It's called April Fool's Day. So anyway, I thought it was funny, so I thought I'd share it with you. Tonight in first chapter, or first Peter, chapter five, I want to share with you some tidbits here about where do we look when we're if you already got your sheets there after you put your name on the name on the paper, where do we look when we're depressed, discouraged, and down? And when we feel defeated, dejected, and feel like dying. I mean, where do we go to look for joy? Okay, it's a time of year we need to be joyful. Well, where do we go? We, we, what we do is we practice humility. If you look in 1 Peter chapter 5, just uh, five verses tonight, starting in verse number 6 through verse number 10, and we got five uh, quick points, and we'll uh, send you on your way home, okay? The Bible teaches us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for those that made it out. We trust tonight will be a blessing and encouragement to them. And we trust, Lord, that we'll take your word, take its principles, put some feet to those principles, and share those principles with the world around us. Many of us have classmates, workmates, neighbors, relatives, and friends who need to hear more of your truth. Help them, Lord, and help us to be faithful in sharing your truth with others. We'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Okay? You probably noticed this big red book up here. This is a Matthew Henry commentary. I use it as a pulpit elevator so I can read. My eyes are getting old. My wife says I should go in for glasses. You know, the, uh, if the glass people had their way, I'd get new glasses every year. But I'm a cheapskate, so I go about every five years, and my five years are up, so it's time to get a time to get a fresh pair maybe I can see better in the meantime I have to use a little bit of an elevator here so I can get it up to where I can see it <coughs> well where do we look we practice uh, we look for joy by practicing humility we've got five points tonight and we first of all we practice humility by looking up by looking up okay verse number six Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty 
hand of God. He's in charge, he's in control, and he's the one that will restore our joy, and he will lift us up, he will exalt us in due time. You know, you ever wonder what the Lord's job is, primarily and fundamentally? His job is to be there. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I'll always be there. Well, if that's the case, what's our job then? Our job is to focus on him. That's letter A under Roman numeral one. We look up by having a renewed focus. We begin again by a renewed focus. We sang the song, Joy to the World. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. That's how we get our joy maintained, and that's how we get our joy restored. That's how we get our joy renewed, when we look to others rather than just ourselves all the time. And uh, we ask the Lord to lift us up. That's letter B. We have a strong focus. We focus on Christ, and uh, that helps us to have a satisfying outlook on life and returns our joy. And then we ask the Lord to lift us up. Now, whoever it was... Maybe I can find it here in our hymn book. Whoever it was that penned the song, Higher higher Ground, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. It's okay to ask the Lord to lift you up, to get you out of the miry pit of bills and problems and poor health. And, and just it, the Lord lifts us up. And all we have to do is ask him. We have not because we ask not. So our joy begins to return when we practice humility by looking up. That's number one. When we get a proper focus and we ask the Lord to lift us up. Lord, I'm discouraged. I need to be lifted up today. I need to be encouraged today. He loves to do that. He's the great encourager. Letter two here, our Roman numeral two, not only do we practice humility by looking up, we also practice humility by giving up. By giving up. Look at verse number seven. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We give our cares upward. To him and we don't let the cares of this world um, let us down and take us down all the time um, there's a commercial on television that keeps rerunning all the time and it's a pizza commercial you've I'm sure you've seen it if you watch any television at all and the husband and wife they kneel down in front of the in front of the pizza cooker or something and uh, they say something and, and the husband oh she says things are always bigger in New York and the husband says no honey that's Texas <laughs> and then the girl and then the, and then the girl says let it go man let it go and what she's trying to do is to get him to get off his high horse and not be so sophisticated she wanted to get him to just focus on the pizza well sometimes you and I need to uh, look upward and just give it to the Lord I've had more than one case more than one time in my life where I just didn't know how to handle a situation. In fact, that happens more and more as I get older and older. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. You're going to have to help me on this one. So I just give it up to him. I know that he cares for me. 
And I know that in verse 7, I'm supposed to be casting all my care, all my concerns upon him. The things that trouble me and bother me, I'm to cast them upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. That's letter B there. Letter A, we give our cares upward. And letter B, we trust the Lord to care for us. I won't read the words of the song, Does Jesus Care? But he does. The chorus says, Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. A great, great song to sing, especially during times of trouble and times of difficulty. One thing that's helped me a lot when I give up my cares to the Lord is to give him especially the rubbish. Care, casting all rubbish, especially care, C-A-R-E. Because when I get negative thoughts, I know you don't have them, but sometimes I do. And when I get a problem that I don't want to solve, you don't have those, but I know I do. I need to cast those things upon the Lord because otherwise they work like rubbish in my life. I begin to get a, a bad feeling, and before you know it, I have a bad aroma to share with those around me. I get discouraged and I get depressed. So I need to just give my cares to the Lord, let him handle them, and he promises that he will because he will never leave us nor forsake us. So we practice humility first by looking up, and then by giving up, Roman numeral three, we practice humility by shaping up. Verse number eight, be sober. I suppose we could use sobering up, but that's letter A. So under letter A there, we are to be sober concerning the devil. Look at verse eight. Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever studied the lion and the tigers, you'll know that they always attack the weak. They attack the lonely. They attack the elderly. And they attack the young because they can't catch the others. And uh, the other day I was watching a documentary on lions and there was a pride of lions. There was two male lions, I believe, and then there was 30 female lions. And they were going to attack and bring down an elephant. Well, you know, an elephant's 10 times the size of a lion. You say, how can he do that? Well, they're packers. These, this, this pride of lions got together and there was 30 of them. And they watched this herd of lions because they were both sharing the water hole. The lions needed water and the elephants needed water. And the elephants weren't going to budge because they were big. And the lions weren't going to budge because they were thirsty. But the lions were also hungry. And they were getting tired of waiting on the elephants to do their business. So they began to look for one that was a little slow. They began to look for one that was a little weak. And they began to look for one that they could part from the rest of the crowd. And, and lo and behold, they found one. And the first lion jumped up and rode him on the back. And the second lion went and nipped him on the leg. And before you know it, here's this elephant tromping through the woods. And there's like 15 lions hanging onto that elephant with their teeth, just tearing that big old elephant down. Well, the devil's alive. He's not well. But he wants to wreck your life. And we need to be sober. We need to be shaping up. We need to be vigilant. That's letter B there. We need to be sober and vigilant concerning the devil. We need to be sober and responsible, realizing that he is who he says he is. 
second most powerful force in the universe probably is the satanic element. Most of us don't want to admit that, but he does have a host of demons surrounding the earth and he wants to wreck us. He wants to hurt us. Well, we need to resist that lion. And we can't just we can't just ignore him. We need to really, really resist him. Because he is in his little demon form, he's walking around looking whom he might devour and seeking who he might destroy. And uh, now the lost world doesn't think there is such a thing as a devil. They think the devil's like Santa Claus. He doesn't really exist. But I'm here to tell you that he is a roaring lion and he we need to shape up and we need to sober up because uh, he's, out to, he's out to get us. We need to be on guard and we need to be watchful, especially if you're weak, especially if you're lonely. That's when he hits, especially if you're elderly or young. The devil likes to attack those that are helpless. So we need to shape up. We need to look up, give up, shape up. Number four here, we need to stay up. Look at verse number nine. <coughs> We get our joy restored by practicing humility by staying up. Verse number nine. We are to resist steadfast in the faith, the whom there is Satan, the devil, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Faith, letter A, enables us to resist the devil. And how does our faith grow? Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more we get under the word of God, the more we listen to the word of God, the more we read the word of God, the more we are able to resist the devil. The farther we get away from the word, it's like being separated from the crowd, the easier it is for the devil to, to defeat us. So we stay close to the word, we stay close to believers, and that faith that we get by reading God's word enables us to resist the devil. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then secondly, letter B, faith encourages us that we're not in this battle alone. It encourages us that we're not in this battle alone. The last part of verse 9 says, the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The same struggles that I have with my health, others are having with theirs. The same struggles I've had with financial difficulties in the past are struggles that many of you have to deal with. It's good to be reminded that I'm encouraged when I realize I'm not the only one that's having a tough time. I'm encouraged knowing that other people are struggling right along with me. And faith helps me do that. It encourages me and reminds me that I'm not alone. So I have to keep my faith tank full. And the way I keep my faith tank full is to stay in God's word and stay close to his precepts and his principles. Now, Roman numeral five here, one was looking up, two was giving up, three was shaping up, four was staying up. Number five, we practice humility and we get our joy restored by trusting up by trusting up. And how do we do that? Well, we rely on grace. Letter A, grace works in us as we suffer. Verse number 10, but the God of all grace, who hath called 
us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while. Now, nobody wants to suffer voluntarily. I don't. But it's a fact of life. We do. We have our days when we're lonely. We have our days when we're broke. We have our days when we're hurting. And uh, who wants that? The Bible says in another place, I think it's Philippians 2.9, for they that live godly will suffer. You have to look at suffering as a gift. And it's a gift of God's grace. And it's a gift specifically designed so that we might grow. So that our hearts might become a little bigger. So that we might become more compassionate. So that we might become more faithful. Suffering is really a gift from God. And remember this. If God has given you a really heavy load, that's a compliment to your testimony because you have broad shoulders. You can handle it. You say, well, Pastor, I can't handle it. Yes, you can. He, he gave it to you. Now, I, I couldn't handle some of the things that some of you folks go through, but you can handle it. He knows just how much to give us, just when to give it to us, and it's especially encouraging to know that he takes us through it. He helps us get right through the center of that hurricane problem till we get to the other side. Grace works in us as we suffer. We need to keep our, not only our faith tank needs to be full, but our trust tank needs to be full. Now, why is that so important? It's important because grace has some goals, and they're listed here in the end of verse number 10. What are those goals? Well, they're listed right in the text. The first one it says that after you have suffered a while, I'm in the last part of verse 10 here, <coughs> make you perfect. Now, you have another blank after perfect, and then there's a parenthesis. Put the word in there, completes. Grace perfects us. It completes us. That's what grace does. It completes our growth pattern, and when we've grown, the last that God wants us to grow He'll take us to heaven. And if we're still here, he's got something for us to learn. He's got, some, he's got a little growing in us to take place. So the first goal is a goal of perfection that completes us. The second thing he does through grace is he establishes us. Now the word one in parentheses there is the word confidence. Confidence. He gives us the confidence we need to face each day, to face each trial, to face each experience, whether it's positive or negative in our life. So grace perfects or completes us, and it also establishes and confidence us. It gives us the confidence we need in him to keep going. Now the next word in our text, the last, second to the last word in verse 10, third to the last word, is strengthen. Grace strengthens us. Now, the word you, you want to put in parentheses is courage. He encourages us. He encourages us, really, but courage starts with C and encourage starts with an E, so we can't have that, okay? Completes us, confidence us, encourages us. He gives us the courage we need to be bold. He gives us the courage we need to witness. He gives us the courage we need to roll out of the sack in the morning. He gives us the courage to face our friends. He gives us the courage to face our enemies. He gives us the courage to face our trials. He gives us the courage to face our joys. He strengthens us by giving us 
courage, okay? And then lastly, it says, and settle you. Number four is settle. The word you want in parentheses is consoles. In his perfection, he completes us. In establishing us, he gives us confidence. In strengthening us, he gives us courage. And in settling us, he consoles us. He gives us the comfort and the consoling that we need. You know, the acrostic of grace is uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. Most of you have that memorized. But it also means great riches. Great riches at Christ's expense. And these great riches that he gives us include perfection, establishment, strengthening, and settling. And all of these are found in verse number 10. When the, the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after we have suffered a while, he will make us perfect, he will complete us, he will establish us, give us confidence, he will strengthen us, give us courage, and he will settle us and console our hearts and our minds. And that's the challenge for the evening. Now, on the bottom, we have conclusion, what a friend we have in Jesus. I think it would be good if we get Jonathan back up here. Let's sing a couple of verses of what a friend we have in Jesus. While he's coming up here and finding that, when I go to the uh, thrift stores, there's one rummage sale item that I love to find. And that rummage sale item that I love to find is when somebody has taken a hymn out of the hymn book and they've mounted it on a plaque. How many of you know what decoupage is? You know where you take that smooth stuff and you, and you decoupage over it? And, and in the thrift store, while you're walking through the aisles, you'll see somebody that has thrown away or they've given to the Goodwill store a song, Amazing Grace, that's been decoupaged on an old pine board or something. I just love seeing those because I can't walk by them without reading them. Here's one that says Amazing Grace. Here's another one that's all nice and pretty and framed and it's How Great Thou Art. And here's another one, Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross. But you know the one that seems to show up a lot is when somebody has taken a copy of What a Friend We Have in Jesus and they've decoupaged it on an old crate or an old board or an old wooden plaque and I'm sitting there and they're in a the store and I'm reminded. Can you imagine being reminded of God's goodness while you're at a thrift store? But I'm reminded of God's goodness that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother and he loves us and he wants to help us and he is the one that we need to look to during this holiday season. If you're really looking for the joy of Christmas and the joy of the Christian life, you got no further to look than to Jesus Christ because he is a friend. What a friend he really is. Let's stand and sing.